0: today, come on if you believe it, why don't you just praise Him for it right now, take a moment in advance and just thank Him for it, hallelujah, 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 I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord with us this morning, Leviticus chapter 23, and while you were turning there, let me just say again, Grateful I am and thankful I am for all of our workers and chaperones that took time off. new years, resolutions that have been made. We stand this morning in the house of the Lord with new commitments and fresh commitments and all of those things are riding in order. I want to set the course, particularly for the next 40 days for our church, 40 days of consecration this year as I have mentioned before, will look quite differently. I'll explain that to you tomorrow night. This year, our consecration is going to be a little different in that it's going to be much more personal. You'll be given an opportunity to participate in a multiplicity of ways. It's going to be between you and God. Because in all reality, if serving God is just A series of events throughout the year, not too much is going to really be accomplished. And perhaps the awakening season for us has become an event. It happens for 40 days and then it's over and we move on. My prayer this year is that a different approach is going to help us establish these first 40 days of this year Going to chart the course for new habits that we will continue in for the remainder of the year. I believe God is going to do some amazing things and there's going to be souls filled, lives touched. God, I woke up this, this past week, I woke up with a peculiar dream. Sure, I shared it with my wife. I know I shared it with Gentry. I maybe shared it with my wife. And it was in the wee hours of the morning. I didn't necessarily, it was holidays. I didn't necessarily go to bed with it on my mind. I know dreams, they say a lot of times are connected to the thought processes that are in your mind. But I believe that this was from the Lord. But in the middle of a lot of chaos that was happening, for some reason I was standing right about where these young men are standing on the front row. And up at the baptistry, there was a whole crowd of people. They were all dressed and they were preparing to go into the baptistry. And I was watching as each one of them were just being baptized in Jesus' name. And I felt the word of the Lord just speak. The revival that I'm sending to this church is greater than anything that you have experienced. I'm grabbing a hold of that. We need that, and I'm grabbing a hold of that. I'm believing God for that. Leviticus chapter twenty-three, lively reading this morning, if you will bear with me just for a moment. Leviticus chapter twenty-three, verse number nine, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speaking to the children of Israel, and saying to them, when ye become into the land. of which I give unto you and shall reap the harvest thereof. Then ye shall bring a sheaf of first fruits of your harvest unto the priests. Now let me stop here for a moment because as I read through this, I want you to take a real spiritual look at what I am reading this morning and what the Lord is saying to Moses to say to the people, the children of Israel, and he, the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and ye shall offer that day when you wave the sheaf and he lamb, without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two-tenths deals of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of. And ye shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all of your dwellings. I'm going to stop there with my reading now. I want everybody to just take a real deep breath this morning. I know it's the first Sunday of the year. And I read this text. And I'm going to give my title in a moment. And when I do, everybody's going to immediately draw a conclusion of what I'm going to be preaching about this morning. Because I'm going to be talking to you today about a subject that is so closely related. Now, I understand this text, but I'm not starting out this first Sunday preaching about money. All right? So everybody take a deep breath right now and say, thank God pastor's not coming to preach about money. Although this text is very clearly about God's law regarding the first fruits or the tithe, I want to draw from this text a principle that I believe is going to set the course for the year of exponential blessings, not only in finances, but in every aspect of our life, particularly the hand of the Lord upon our homes and our families. By the time I'm done today, I hope I can draw all these parallels and metaphors out of the Old Testament, bring them together and make some sense out of a very complex message that I may preach this morning, but by the help of the Lord and your help, will you preach with me this morning? Will you engage just a little bit today? I, I feel the help of the Lord here today, and I believe God is going to release faith and hope in this house this morning. I feel it. I believe it. For the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach the blessings of the first fruits. The blessings of the first fruits. Father, let your word impact the hearts of your people the way you have spoken it to me and impacted my life. God, that the direction that you have spoken over this congregation for this year, Lord, let this word that is about to come forth be anointed of you, God, and let it rest upon the hearts and in the minds and in the ears of every person that is in this room this morning, God, that we would please you for the next 365 days like we never have before, and we honor you. Your blessings are going to rain down on this church. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The blessings. Everybody say, the blessings. The blessings of the first fruits. Now, before we... Begin talking about the blessings of the first fruits or the blessings of the firsts. I believe we need to first consider the law of the first fruits. If we understand the law of the first fruits, then we can truly understand the blessings of the first fruits because their first is a law of first fruits and that law comes with an attachment of a the blessing of the first fruits now i know that we live in an age where people want to bypass any discussion or conversation about requirements but they're very quick to want to get to the blessings. Nobody seems to want to show up to conversations about 40 days of consecration. But everybody wants to show up to three days of anointing miracles and blessings. You see, we want We want the blessing without the law. We want the blessing without the obedience. And we try to practice partial obedience, which is not obedience at all. But we call it partial obedience in an attempt to try to somehow shortcut or short circuit to get to the blessings. Now, I need to remind you that your blessing that I'm going to be talking about this morning, that the blessing is attached to your obedience. You you can't have blessings and favor without obedience to God's word and his law. This isn't my principles this morning. I am unveiling to you God's. Principles. God established a principle in the beginning that man was to bring the first fruit into the storehouse. It was a commandment that was left up to man. It was a commandment that could be broken, but God said, if you will be obedient to my desire and my plan. Then there are specific attachments that are connected to your obedience. And it's all right if you want to try me and see. But he said if you would try me, you're going to see that I will pour out upon you a blessing that you cannot contain. Now the principle is very clear for those of you that want to write down Malachi chapter 3. About verse number 10 in Malachi chapter 3, the scripture says, To bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith saith the lord of hosts now this is god's design for the first fruits everybody say all the tithe now remember i already promised you up front that my subject matter is not about money this morning so give me a little break on this i i, I wouldn't start the first sunday to preaching about money but it is the principle of First fruit, which also is connected to our finances. But this morning, if I can disconnect from the idea of finances this morning, and let's get to the third word in Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10, where it said, Bring ye all. Everybody say, All. All. The tithe. I'm not just talking about the financial end of tithing. That's not what I'm here to preach to you about this morning or talk to you about. Let me now draw us away from the subject matter and get on to many other aspects of our life, such as our time, such as our energy, such as all the things that God blesses us with, our very breath that we breathe. And that, when you wake, when you woke up this morning, you, you you didn't wake up on your own, but it was God that set that alarm clock internally. That something triggered when your alarm clock went off after a late night last night, but it was still God that worked it out in your in your physical human system that caused you to arouse to the sound of the alarm clock and put your feet on the ground this morning. It was God that put breath in you. It's God that gave you the energy and the health to get out of bed. Come on, I'm preaching about bringing it all to Him. I, I'm, I'm trying to get through to us this morning. This is much more broad than just one simple subject that some of us would would say here, Pastor, let me just open my checkbook and I'll I'll bring my tithe. We're not talking about your financial tithe, but we're talking about all the rest of things that we sometimes withhold from the Lord. He's coming this morning through this messenger to tell you that he desires. Everything from you. He desires your prayer. He desires your worship. He desires your praise. He desires your consecration. I feel the help of the Lord in this house this morning. Bring it all to the storehouse. The law of first fruits. The law of the offering of the first fruits called for the first fruit of every harvest to be sanctified wholly unto the Lord. Now, stay with me here for a moment as we talk about this principle. It was the law of the first fruit that was to be sanctified. Everybody say sanctified, holy unto the Lord. So it was not what was left, but it was the first that was to be sanctified, holy unto the Lord. It was the best and the first of the harvest that were the, the blessings of the Lord. And They were to be offered as a tithe unto God. Stay with me with the principle now that I am teaching from this morning. It was the first, everybody say the first, and it was the best, everybody say the best. It was the first and it was the best that was to be offered unto the Lord. I I want to, to to take a moment with you now and 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 help you understand that that in God's in God's great design, it was not just uh, God was not just uh, giving us an idea that it was to be um, it, it was to be uh, just any portion of the field, but it was to be. Uh, the very best of the field. It, it was to be. It, it wasn't just to be. Uh, uh, let's just take this corner over here. Uh, 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 th- this corner back over here, uh, and, and over here. It looks like the corners of the fields uh, are not doing very well. Uh, they 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 maybe have shade in the morning or the evening, and 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 they're not growing like the rest of the crops, and so. Those areas of the field look like, yeah, that looks like it's not going to produce too much. So let me get out and lay out a computerized grid over the field. And uh, as I create the computerized grid over the field, that you would uh, be able to 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 uh, to very clearly identify uh, this. This would be one tenth and. This would be a tenth, and this would be a tenth. So left to human reasoning, it would be that, well, if we're going to offer something or give something, perhaps in our own selfishness, we would all take from that that is not overly important. It would be uh, the corners and the parts of the field that were prone to flood. Everybody with me this morning? It would be the parts of the field that were prone to flooding, uh, the parts of the field that were prone to shade, that one may say "I, I want to give, but that's not how God dealt with first fruits. The principle of first fruits, God said, I want you to bring the first and I want you to bring the best. It was the first lamb it wasn't just any lamb but it was a first lamb and it was it was all the details were laid out every time god had a requirement of something that he requested a man he never asked for the broken he never asked he said bring me the best because it is it is establishing a principle that if you will bring the best in faith then I will bless what's left and it will do better than what the 100% would do without my hand and my blessings over it. Everybody with me this morning. Don't disconnect from me here just for a moment. I know we had a moment of distraction here, but let's pull back together and think about what we are talking about this morning with the law of the first fruits. The law of the offering of first fruits. God is calling for the first and the best. The best of the harvest were to be, uh, were the blessings of the Lord and they're offered as a tithe unto God. The first sheaf of wheat. Uh, that that word sheaf of wheat is is simply a a small measurement that would have been uh, put together. It was the first bunch. Everybody say the first bunch. It was the first bunch of wheat. They were to bring that when they were to go into the field to, to harvest the first fruits. They would look across the field and find the best portion of the field and they were to cut the best portion of the field first. So that sheaf, that first sheaf would have been the very, best of the best of the sheaves that would have been cut and put together. And the Bible says when they bring the first fruit, that they were to take a sheaf of the first fruit and they were to bring it unto the priest. God has always said it was the first lamb, it was the first calf, it was the increase, the first of the increase that belongs to the Lord. Uh, Malachi said bring all because everything actually belongs to the Lord and this law can be found all throughout uh, the scripture. If we're to go back to Leviticus, the 27th chapter and verse number 30, the Bible says a tithe or that word tithe means a tenth, a tenth of everything from The land, whether grain or the soil or fruit from trees, belongs to the Lord and it is holy unto the Lord. Everybody say it is holy. Holy. It is holy unto the Lord. Say this with me if it belongs to God, it's not mine. So if it's not mine, it's holy unto the Lord. So everything that I offer God is not mine; it belongs to Him. This is the principle of first fruits. You were to bring the first and the best, and you were to offer it unto the Lord. It doesn't belong to us to begin with. Everything we have is on loan from God. That breath that you took this morning—it's on loan from the Lord. That—that—that that, that everything about your life is on. It's just today is on loan from the Lord. None of us can look and say, this is where I'll be tomorrow and this is what I'll be tomorrow. For none of us know what tomorrow may hold. Am I in the word of God this morning? None of us know what tomorrow may hold. This day is on loan from God. And we've got to understand if this day belongs to God, then I need to be sure that I bring the first fruits of this day and I offer it unto the Lord. Are you with me this morning? If you stay with me now, we're going to go somewhere with this idea of the blessings of the first fruit. This is the law of the first fruits. Although this law began in a farming culture and was put in farming terms, it is expected to be continued in all cultures and among all people. Some folks tried to declare that, uh, that this principle died in the Old Testament, but that's not so at all. For the Scripture said, "For this is uh, this is unto all generations. It is an everlasting." Everybody say, "Everlasting." It is an everlasting covenant. Everybody say covenant. I know I'm having you talk a lot, but I want you to get what I'm talking about this morning. It is an everlasting covenant. When somebody comes and says, ah, that's not required of you, tell them that's an everlasting covenant. My first fruits is an everlasting covenant. It didn't end in Leviticus. It didn't end with the day of Moses. It didn't end when in the New Testament because it is a principle and an everlasting Everlasting covenant that is to continue, not only in this generation, but for that to come. It is an everlasting covenant. Covenant. Covenant, not contract. Uh, Gentry, I think it was, or Dylan talked to us a few days ago about the difference between contract and covenant. Contracts can be broken, but covenants is something that we make before the Lord and a covenant comes with a promise. This is an everlasting covenant. It comes with a promise. It was not to be offered unto God. We don't offer unto God what is left over but it was to be given by faith from the first and the best of the harvest. Now let me help you understand this principle a little more clearly. The first fruits were given by The first fruits were given by faith. Give me a few more moments. I'm going to have this groundwork laid and then we're going to go somewhere in the spirit today if you'll allow God to work in your life. The first fruits were given by faith before the rest of the field was harvested. Are you with me? The first was given by faith before the rest was harvested. So the tithe is a tenth part, but the way it is termed in Scripture, the tithe could not be precisely measured because the field has not yet been harvested. So the tithe, or 10%, was a bare minimum that was a test of your obedience and your faith. It was not the maximum. Come on, shift your mind. I know I, I, keep, I keep feeling that uh, pastor's trying to preach on tithing this morning. I'm not. I'm trying to draw a principle from tithing that, to, to take you where I'm going. But because I keep saying the word tithe, some folks keep pulling back a little bit this morning. Come on, put a smile on your face. It's New Year's Day. I'm coming today to try to help somebody see that what we do in the first tenth of this year is going to establish something principles of what God is going to do over the rest of the 90. Couldn't be precisely measured because the field was not yet harvested. They harvested the first fruit or about a tenth of the field, and it was a bare minimum. That's why they chose the best, and that's why that it was not, they couldn't go skimpy on tide. they couldn't go skimpy on the 10%. When they went out, they said, I want to make sure that I am offering because this is required unto the Lord. But my faith is that if I if I give him a tenth of the this field what he is going to do with the rest of the 90% is going to be blessed uh-huh now we're moving toward the promise that is connected to the principle but the tithe was the minimum of what belonged to God the law of first fruits was not to be confused with the Jewish law of the harvest Give me a few more moments now to lay this out with you. The law of the harvest was in effect when people gave the offerings of what was left over. Everybody say, Left over. Wow. They gave a lot. They gave the tithe, which they harvested ahead of everything else, and then they harvested the field, but were the corners of the field, the Bible specifically bears out, it was the parts of the field that did not bear well, those areas of the field were left for the gleaners, that is the poor and the needy. And so they could come to the corners and the edges of the field and they could get in. If You you can read this principle all through Scripture when you could see that there was one that was in the field and he looked out and he saw one of his favorites uh, that was coming to glean in the field and they took handfuls of grain, the Bible said, and they left handfuls of grain in the fields and they left it on purpose. I feel like if some of us will understand the principle of what God is saying to us, what we are going to discover this year is some of us are going to be down and we're going to be going through it because this year probably, I don't want to come with bad news, but this year is going to probably have trouble for some of you and struggle for some of you and you're going to be gleaning in the field. But if you are faithful unto God, There are some promises that there's going to be some handfuls left on purpose for you. And you're going to come into the house of the Lord. And God's going to have some handfuls that's going to be left out for you just to pick up and say, this is what I needed for today. This is what I need for my family. This is what I need right now. Oh, somebody give God praise this morning. So it is a law of the first fruits, and then there's the Jewish law of the harvest, which ensured that God would provide for every other need. So the tithe was that there may be meat in my house, it was for the storehouse, and it was to be taken to the priest. And then there was the Jewish law of the harvest that was to be left to help and bless the needy. It was the offering above and beyond. Now it was given on the backside of the harvest. So the tithe was given up front, then the harvest. And when they realized that God had blessed the 90, and that they got more than what they deserved. They were so blessed that they could afford to leave the edges and the corners. And they just did that just as a way of saying, thank you, Lord. I I get that you kept your word. I tried you when I gave my tithing by faith. Now I'm thanking you Anybody with me now? They gave the first fruits by faith, but they left the edges and the corners as a way of saying they're thankful for what he did. Now this brings me to the application of this message because most of us start the new year wondering how is God going to bless me in 23? What is God going to do for me in 23. Now I know you wanted me to come this morning with a prophetic word and tell you God spoke prophecy about 23 and what he's going to do. God has not spoken a word of prophecy to me regarding 23, but I will tell you that he has spoken direction for this church, and maybe we need to decide today. What we can believe God for for the rest of this year. I come to this pulpit today to tell you that the remainder of this year will be determined by your first fruits that you offer unto God. Now, you're doing good, you're here on the first Sunday. There's a lot of churches didn't have Sunday morning service because they were smart enough to know people are going to be out all late night, Saturday night, so they just have nothing but an evening service. We put it in reverse. I didn't know how well this was going to work. And I showed up this morning and pulled into the parking lot and saw cars and walked in and see a full house. Thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord. know we're getting ready to launch into a 40-day session of consecration, but we need to do more than just sit down and calculate, let's see, what is 10% of 365 days? Let me help you mathematicians. It's 36 days and 12 hours. That's all I got to give to the Lord. I'm going to consecrate for 36 and a half days. That's what I'm calculating it down. Listen, the tithe was not to be calculated. It was not to be put on a grid in the field and say, well, I'm going to give this portion or yeah, I'm going to do this because I don't have much going on. That's not how it was. The Lord said, I want you to take it right out of the prime of the field. I want to take it right out of the heart of your year. I want it to be the best part of your year and I want you to commit it unto me. I want you to turn it unto me because if you will. See, some folks approach this whole awakening season with, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this for a little bit. You know, I don't know if I can do this 40-day thing. Maybe I can do 21 of it, but I, or maybe I'll do the last two of it or whatever. I, I don't know if I can do this, but, but I, I'm, I'm going to try. But when this is over, the rest of it's mine. I'm trying to break an event mentality that we have adjusted to in this church. Because every Sunday when we walk in, we need to walk in and say, this is the first day of my week. I'm bringing my tithe unto the Lord. And I'm not preaching about your money. But I'm bringing some worship. And I'm bringing some prayer. And I, come on, I'm bringing some consecration for the week into the storehouse of the Lord. Because I am believing Him that this week is going to be blessed because of how I respond today. on I think it's catching on with somebody I think somebody's getting the idea that God is saying if you'll bring it to me today the rest of your year can be blessed but what you do today what kind of expectation do you have for the rest of this year are you believing for a revival in your church are you believing for lost family to be saved are you believing for your health to be blessed come on bring your tithe of worship into the storehouse of the Lord. Perhaps some of you would agree with me. I want more out of 23 than what I've gotten out of the last several. I I could say good riddance to 22. And certainly good riddance to 21 and all that it brought into my house. And 20, the same. And 19 with COVID, it can just all go back to where it came from. I'd like to see more out of 23 than I've gotten out of the last few years. I, I know I took... 30 minutes laying a foundation and some of you thought well he said he wasn't preaching about money but he is but I'm not preaching about money now I'm trying to help us understand what the Lord is wanting for from us although it's a principle in our text I came with a word for somebody today and say if you will offer unto God the first fruits of every part of your life of all that he has blessed you with if you'll bring him the first fruit of your talent if you'll bring him the first fruit of your inner If Come on, if you'll bring him what you have, the best of what you have to offer. Come on, I know we all have been hurt. I know we all have been weary. I know we all have been disappointed, but somebody needs to come in and say, this is a new year. I'm going to shake off all the things that has happened in my past. This is a new day. This is a new season. This is a new year. I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise because I know he's faithful. Come on, somebody just praise him according to his excellent greatness. Come on, however you see him working in your life this year, you ought to go ahead and praise him according to how you see his greatness at work in your life. Can you offer it to him today in advance by faith because you know if you do, he's going to make a way. He's going to come through deliverance is going to come come on our worship is establishing the baseline it is our worship is is, is establishing the baseline of what God's going to do in my life this year see there's there's so much more be seated for a moment There's so much more to all of this praise and worship than just noise. A whole lot more. There are some prophecies that are hovering over this church. There are some prophecies that are hovering over some of your family. There are some things... That God has spoken and it's been hovering for a while and some of you are about to give up on it. I dare you to begin to exercise faith and say I'm not coming in disappointed anymore. I'm not coming in down, beaten down anymore. I'm going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to come in this house offering to him a first fruits of my worship. I'm going to give him the best of my week right here on Sunday morning. I'm not waiting to give him what's left over but the Sunday is the first day of the week in case you're, you're not aware look on your calendar it's falls right it's the first day of the week and that's why we ought to start out on Sunday morning and not wait to till, till Saturday night to say whoo this is what I got left what we need to do is give him the very best of what we have at the very beginning of our week when I get up on Sunday morning I'm getting dressed and I'm going to be faithful to the house of God because I know if I'm faithful to him he's going to be faithful to me me the rest of the week
1: and the rest of the year.
0: Listen, when people came with their offering of the first fruits, the Bible said that they were to take a sheaf of the first fruits and they were to bring it to the man of God, to the priest. And he was to get up on Monday. Now, this just, I know I've read through this, but it never hit me like it hit me this week in preparation for this message today. They were to bring a sheaf, the first bunch, out of the first fruit, and they were to bring it to the man of God. And he wasn't to do anything on Sunday. But on Monday, he was to wave it before the Lord so that the offering would be acceptable unto the Lord. Let let me just say this. this morning you 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 have helped me preach this morning when you come in because see teaching is dealing with the intellect and it's it's a little more monologue preaching is dealing with the spirit and it's dialogue, meaning it, it is call and response. That's why your response to preaching inspires the preacher to preach better. And there is a certain, there is something that happens in the spirit realm with your response. It's more than noise. It's how God would have it. So here's what I see God doing. Doing through your first fruit when you come and you begin to respond on Sunday with your first fruit of your worship for the remainder of the week. Then the preacher turns around and there is a response back and he takes that sheaf that you brought and he offers it unto the Lord. He, sh- he shows it before the Lord. He waves it before the Lord and so that the Lord will accept the worship. I don't have time. I'm out of time. I don't. We, we don't have church tonight. I'm gonna preach a little while. Thank you. Thank you. I got about sixty percent of you. The other forty percent. I love you too. Just, just give me a little extra time. Let's, let me just say this. When you bring the first fruit of your worship on Sunday. It's much easier for the man of God to get up and wave a sheaf on, on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so very, you encourage your pastor when you come with faith and saying, come on, we're going to have church today. If it feels like you're pulling teeth to try to get response, get people to pray, get people. Oh, sometimes I go home and I feel like I just I must have dropped the ball. I must not be praying enough. I must not be fasting enough. I must not be doing enough. And, and you feel, and it's just it's how we are. And people come. Oh no, pastor. Oh no. But but if I see this text, I'm understanding why the man of God has that feeling that comes over him. Because when I get up on Monday, I got to take a sheaf of what you brought on Wednesday, and I'm. Supposed to keep waving that before the Lord. See, you go to your job, but I have a responsibility to wave that sheaf from Sunday before the Lord. Anybody understand where I'm coming from today? That means your response of your first fruit, of your prayer and your worship and your practice and your participation on Monday turns around and it's what gets you through. Because on Monday while you're at work and things could go bad, God is saying, I still see what you did on Sunday. and there's a promise attached to what you did on Sunday because the man of God is waving the sheaf on Monday and I am reminded of what you did on Sunday. Your worship today will have an effect on your tomorrow worship is more than just noise. What it is is an insurance plan for tomorrow. I'm preaching to you that the first fruit of your worship sets up your blessing for the remainder of the year. We generally engage and have a Holy Ghost time for a few services at the beginning of the year, but this year, but this year, I want you to understand that today we are setting a precedent We are setting a precedent that we're not going to have a high during the awakening and come out and get in June and be on a low, but we're going to set it every Sunday we come back in with our first fruit. God's going to be faithful to me. I may not feel good in my body, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm bringing him my best. I'm offering to him my best. I'm bringing it. It's God's protection plan, God's blessing, God's provision, and God's faith for the rest of the year may well be determined by how you treat your first fruits. If you want God to show up in your tomorrow, he inhabits the praises of his people. Pastor, I'm not feeling anything. Do it anyway. Because tomorrow he'll show up on your job and in your family and in your sickness. And when your kids go awry, he will still be there. Just a few more minutes. Sister Cheryl, Brother Danny, give them some hope here. Just a few more minutes. Principle and the promise of the first fruit looks like this. God says, "If you will, then I will." We're like, "Well, you know, if God to do this for me, then I will serve Him." God doesn't work on your terms. But here is what He said will I will you bring your first fruit try me and see if I won't pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain Hmm. look at your neighbor and tell them if you will God will wrong neighbor look at the other one and tell them if you will God will You ought to lift your hands and start thanking Him in advance for what God is about to do in the rest of your year. Some of you have been praying about some things. I believe God is going to pour it out on you for the remainder of this year. Go ahead. You're establishing some things right now for what God is going to do in your future. If I will, then He will. He will. why when I walk in here every Sunday, this is going to be my, this is going to be my phrase for this year. God, I'm going to praise you now. You can bless me later. God, I'm going to worship you now. You can heal me later. I'm not sick, but I'm going to come in and thank you today because you're a healer. And I'm going to clap and I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to dance because I can. And I'm going to do it in advance for the day that I can't. I'm going to lay up in the storehouse so that you know that I know
1: you can.
0: I will so that you will. Our praise and our thanksgiving is verbalized faith in what we're trusting God for throughout the year. If you thank God after the fact, it's gratitude. It's the offering that's left in the corners of the field. But if you thank God and trust God with faith before it happens, that is the first fruit. God said if you'll try me with the first fruit you're going to find that I will pour you out a blessing that you don't even have the ability to contain well, I mean, I'm afraid if I do this there's the problem, fear and faith don't work together you got to do it by faith, and God will bless you in a measure that you have to leave the corners of the field. You have to bring an offering. You have to bring it because your your storehouse cannot even contain it. Because God's going to bless the rest at a measure. Pastor, you seriously telling me? I'm telling you. There's some of you I haven't seen dance in the Spirit in a long, long time. You know what I'm believing for the ne- for the first fruits of this year? I'm believing over the next few weeks I'm going to see some of you step out and say, I haven't done this in a while, but I'm going to lead worship tonight. I'm going to step out. I'm going to dance. I'm going to run the aisles. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to back the preached word. I'm going to be. And when you do, he will. When you do, he will. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Well, what's his excellent greatness? It's however you see it. Because what you think about God shows up in how you respond to his presence. Let's just practice it right now. Let everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. That's what David said, Psalm 150. He starts at let everything. Just take a moment and praise him. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah, but I know that the, that's all behind us, but what God's going to do in our future is going to be predicated on what we do right now. Come on, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Some of you that's been carrying a load, put on praise. Put on praise. Replace it. Replace that heavy garment with a spirit of praise. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let me wrap this up. You can stand with me if you'd like. He said, try me and see." if I'll not open you up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing there shall not be room enough to receive it but then he continues the promise related to the first fruit Malachi 3.11 he said and I will this isn't me this isn't the preacher this is God saying and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes I know some of you walked in here heavy this morning because your children aren't going the way you think they ought to. I dare you to just say, no, 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 no. I am going to bless the Lord at all times because if I do, He will the devourer that wants to destroy your home and family. Come on, try the Lord. The promises of God regarding your first fruit is that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Your family will be saved. Your marriage can be saved. Your, your finances can be put back together. Your health can be better. I will rebuke the devourers for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Uh, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before its time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts, not the preacher. Saith the Lord of hosts. The principle of first fruits is when you come offering to God the best and the first of everything there is a promise attached to it that God is going to rebuke the devourer your vine is not going to wither your vine is not going to cast forth the fruit before it's season. Come on, in God's time, it's going to come to pass. These altars are open if you want to join these that are here. But there's some in this room today particularly that need to be running up here to the front of this room and saying, come on, this is my first fruit. I'm coming today. I've always wanted to do it. No better time than today. I'm coming to give Him praise. I'm coming to give Him glory. I, I know I've been going through it, but I'll bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continue continually be in my mouth. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellence greatness, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praising with the psaltery and the harp, praise him with the timbrel and the dance praise him with the stringed instruments and the organs, praise him on the loud cymbals, praising on the high sounding cymbals let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord, come on the battle's not yours, the battle is fought in your worship
1: We believe it's
0: done. We it. Come on, put the we devil under your
1: feet today. Put the devil it. under so your feet today. You come on, that's it. Like the victory's in hand, knowing you are not a man, that you will lie. If you said victory will come, come on. Come on, it's yours. Just receive. So we will praise you in advance Like the victories in hand Knowing you are not a man That you would lie If you said victory will come But I'll say
0: say this to you and then we're going to turn this place into just a praise and worship room for a little while the battle between the kingdom of heaven and the power of Satan has always been about your worship it's always been about your worship after Jesus had fasted 40 days and Satan took him out into the pinnacle of the temple and upon the exceeding high mountain, everything that it, Satan tempted the Lord with. He said, if you will bow down and worship me. Satan says, if you will bow down and worship me, then I will give you everything that you see. Listen. Satan can't give God what God already owns. And I'm going to go a little further and tell you that the enemy can't keep from you what God has already promised and spoken over your life. He'll tell you if you'll stop worshiping then, but I'm going to tell you, rebuke him with your praise and worship right now and tell him the victory's already won. The battle's already won. I'm not going to live defeated another day. I will be victorious. Come on, grab somebody with a hand right now and worship God with them. Come on, encourage somebody right now.
1: To worship God, bring your first fruit of worship into the house of the Lord. I could victory's in hand, knowing you are not a man that you will lie. If you said victory will come, by So we will pray to you in advance like the victories in heaven. No, you are not a man, the human eye. If you said victory will come by faith, come on and praise Him according to His actual receiving. greatness. Praise Him by the way you Receive see Him working. so we Praise him in advance, and God's going to do a great and mighty work. Come on, if you know he's.